episode 57 of Bat and Spider, where we watch exploitation, low rent, whatever we want, because it's our show. This week, we watch Space Invaders. <laughs> Friend of the show, Melissa Mendez. Loved watching this and picturing my boyfriend as a little boy laughing his head off when they say butthead. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Chuck's a little boyfriend. I'm a little boyfriend in this equation. Yeah. Spaced Invaders, a a, a strange pick um, from my youth. Yeah. No, and it's Nostalgia not... Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. It's not horror. It's not exploitation. Well... The only one feeling exploited is possibly myself. But we'll get into it. <laughs> We're going to get into that at the bottom of the hour, Chuck, because we have some layers oh, yeah. to unwrap. It's an onion. When you when you press play on this show, you get a whole onion. I'm in top form today, Dale. I'll tell you what. Oh, you're rare. And- oh, man. I only got like half a good night of sleep, so you know, you know you're going to get top form Chuck. Top form Chuck this episode. Yeah. What's what's hot? What's hot in the world of Chuck? Tell me what's hot. What's hot? Who's not? Tell me who's hot. To call all the shots. Call all the blocks. Dale, it's. I'm so glad you asked me what I what's hot in my life right now. There's there's a lot. It's it's been an interesting week. But the one thing that I didn't count on happening was that my obsessive tendencies would find a, a target in one Jean Claude Van Damme, and this whole past week has just been wow. I've just gone deep, and I'm yeah. I'm basically starting from the beginning and watching. Like if I haven't seen it in like ten years or like five years, I'll watch it again. Uh, wow. Skipping the ones I've seen recently, you know. Um, but I'm just I I started with Bloodsport, and I'm going, baby. I'm now, why did you start with Bloodsport? But Bloodsport, the it's like the first one, I think. Wow. I mean, he was in other stuff. Kind of, and I think background bit parts, but this was like the first, like, all right, this is Damn. a big movie. Yeah. I didn't know that. Bloodsports, oh, God. I think so, yeah. Up oh, yeah. There for me, Chuck. Yeah. Up there. And it was good to watch because it was like, that was, that's like a, you know, that is a, a basic cable classic. So it's one of those where you watch it through osmosis. You never felt like it was a movie that you sit down to watch the whole thing. Yeah. You know, it just like, it just happened because it was on all the time you know <laughs> yeah like right. you know everything from the movie but like it's all j- a jumbled mess in your brain right um but yeah but wow i mean yeah, look at you the, it was a one-two punch dale though because you watch blood sport and you're like okay th- this is great it can't get better and then you watch kickboxer which he made immediately afterwards and it's basically the same movie but somehow better in my opinion I mean, wow. look, I mean, blood sport. I, look, I mean, there's two kinds of people in the world. It's one, one of these movies or the other, basically, uh, the type of people that there are. I'm a kickboxer guy. I, and and I, it's exciting that I finally realized it and I'm able to vocalize that um, to our listeners. Uh, and it's just like, I I love this movie so much that I, <laughs> I saw my favorite t-shirt maker, uh, Media Crypt. I was like scrolling through Instagram after I watched it. And yeah. I saw that a few weeks ago he did a pre-order for a kick, kickboxer shirt, and it, and like here. I saw it happen, but in, 
but I hadn't realized my love for this movie because I hadn't seen it since I was like probably 10, you know? Yeah. But after I watched it and I saw those posts and and I saw like him posting pictures, oh, these are shipping out, you know, it was all pre-ordered, you can't get one anymore. I wanted to cry, Dale. I Seriously, <laughs> there was like a small part in my, my like the little chuck inside of me, I wanted yeah. to cry. Like I wanted to cry. But right. I was like, no, I'm a uh, John Claude wouldn't cry. I'm not going to cry for real. But there was a part of me I wanted that shirt. Wow, so bad. <laughs> wow, and I love that movie. Dale Kickboxer is amazing. I, I love am it. Going, I am going to have to watch this because I like you. I have not seen this since maybe ten, twelve. It is the, it's what, it, you know, spoilers, it's what I, it's the feeling I wanted when I picked Space Invaders, uh, <laughs> which I didn't quite get. I should have picked Kickboxer, because, <laughs> Let's watch, wow. let's just watch Kickboxer live on the air so we don't have to talk about Space Invaders. <laughs> All right, Invaders. that's, you, you talked me into it. Um, But yeah, Dale, Kickboxer, oh God, do you remember how they fight at the end? The, uh, they rap. I remember, like, dipping... Yes. hot glue and yes. glass yes that blew my mind i remember like like i'm taking my glasses off here yeah but i remember like like tong po like if you want to talk about like the soft supple skin that's above your eyelid <laughs> like it's like a different color because it's so like gentle and virgin to uh-huh. the outside world yeah tong po had like four inches of that above his eye and then he had an eyebrow well that's what i remember it's funny you talk yeah i'll let you discover what's going on with tong po's face uh on your own i won't spoil that for you um because you'll read about it uh, after you watch it um and it might blow your mind if you don't know what's going on oh god blew my mind i made fun of him and he was probably no 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 it's fine it's fine okay all right (laughs) it's the kind of it's the kind of thing you wouldn't necessarily be able hollywood wouldn't do it nowadays that's all i'll say damn (laughs) um but yeah wow dale but yeah the wrapping of the hands with the cords dipping it in resin dipping it in broken glass and fighting that way like my little kid mind like that was the pinnacle for me i remember seeing that and just like just like not being able to compute that men would do that like, why would you do that? But also it being like the coolest thing I've ever seen ever. Right. Wow. <sighs> Dude, I'm so happy for you going on this journey. And you will definitely have be, um, inspired me at a certain point in the future because uh, that's what a pleasure to revisit one of my childhood <laughs> heroes, obviously. Yeah. And it just gets better. I mean, I watched Lionheart, which I had never seen. That was incredible. That was like his Oscar movie. Like, Wow. You'll see on my letterbox review, it's like he wanted, like he was trying to make Rocky or something. Like he was like, I think he was swinging for the fences on this one because it's got all the hallmarks, but it's like, it's still like a dumb Jean-Claude Van Damme action movie. So it's way better than an Oscar movie, (laughs) uh, in my opinion. (laughs) And then Death Warrant I watched last night is him going undercover in in a sickening hellhole of a prison. And it's just like, it's, it's amazing. These movies are all great. And you know, you always get to see his butt, those amazing tanned cheeks. God, those cheeks are so tight. Something for the ladies every time. And he can always pull off some sort of pant, loose or tight. 
I, and I, it's always like double sided taped to squeeze to like oh yeah conform to his buttocks. I'm convinced he has he had like a pant designer that was making all his pants for him because like even the prison one he's he's wearing the prison uniform like just a pair of jeans that all the other prisoners are wearing except his they're cut a little different like it you know they're he's always wearing them high waisted like it's up to his like navel basically wow. and nobody else is wearing jeans like that in the movie <laughs> right but oh lucky John claude john claude yeah i i had forgotten my love for this guy i'm i am just all in I love it. Damn, dude. I can't wait to keep going. It's been you it's been quite me, a journey. You've given me something to aim for. I've been kind of listless recently and, and want to kind of go after, but maybe this is what I need. Around this time last year, mm. you know, I was all in on um, Friday the 13th. It has kind of yeah. grounded me and brought me back to center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Needed a theme. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 kind of fun when you, you settle on something. You can... Uh, I mean, for my mind, I'm always obsessing over something, but this so is you're like... you're going to keep going on this journey. Yeah, I'm going to go until they get really bad. I assume they get really bad at some point, but I think I still got a good... I mean, I'm only in 1990, and... Oh. When was like... Uh, God, when was... Uh, what's the one in New Orleans with John? the John Woo movie? Was that 96, right? Something like Our that? Our Target. Our Target. Yeah, I feel like I still got quite a number of uh, masterpieces to get through. Hard target, 1993. <laughs> oh, never mind. Well, I mean, this guy I mean, is making good. like two movies a year in this part of his career, so. Yeah. There's a lot yeah, of movies right. to get through. <laughs> double Team 97 with Dennis Ooh, Rodman. That's next. That might be tonight, baby. Double Or not Double Team. Uh, The other Double. double. Oh, yeah. What's it, what's it called? Double Trouble? Double Impact. Double impact. Double the black impact. silk underwear. God. And you're talking to him, Mr. Black Silk Underwear. <laughs> You've seen this movie. I love I love that movie. <laughs> Dale, enough about me. Hit me. Hit me. What's going on in your life? I see you're reaching right. for something. I was saving it, Chuck. Oh boy. I was saving this bad boy. Just received in the mail today. Oh my god. See this plain empty box here? Is it a pair of used Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, underwear pants? <laughs> the, face, the face he makes? <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Is a pair of black silk underwear. Mr. Perfection. Oh, my lord. Oh, they did us. They did me dirty by packing this box with peanuts. Peanuts. Oh, Not that's cool. a... You just spoiled it. I know who that's from. They're famous for their peanuts. Let me just say then, I love their peanuts. <laughs> What's that movie? Live on the air. <laughs> What's that movie where the guy's, like the guy has like a an accent and he's like, it's on an airplane and he keeps asking the guy if he wants his peanuts. But the way his accent is, it sounds like, <laughs> would you like my peanuts? My peanuts? And the guy sitting why next I, to him. Why does like, it seem like that was just in my life recently? I don't know. I don't and know what I'm movie that is. <laughs> Uh, first, Chuck, right on top of mm-hmm. the box. <gasps> oh my God! The Devil's Honey, Lucio Fulci. Oh my God! I, when I saw that cover on uh, Letterboxd, I knew that was meant for you. <laughs> yeah, with this hound of hell on the side. God, it's amazing. Lucio Fulci's extreme erotic shocker, now uncut, uncensored, and restored for the first time ever in America. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I'm so happy you for you. You know 
this is going to have me reeling at us. There's going to be at least one scene because basically in every Lucio Fulci movie, there is at least one scene where I kind of reel back in terror. Uh, the, are the are there going to be maggots in it? That's his thing, right? The yeah. maggots, <laughs> right? The devil's maggots. Yeah, how can they uh, work a maggots into this? That's my Fulci impression. You're welcome. What's next? What else you got there in that box? Next up, Deep Blood by Ooh. Joe D'Amato. Ooh. Now, this was part of the uh, the April April or May pre order box. Is this? Are they all like aquatic horror? Is that what those movies were? It's all animal themed horror. Oh, okay. Um, and this, I believe, Deep Blood. Uh, I my first Severn purchase was Cruel Jaws, oh, yeah. and that directly steals scenes from this movie for Cruel Jaws. <laughs> So, I will have already seen some of this. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Next up, this beauty, Grizzly. Ooh, Grizzly. Man, I love that cover. Yeah. I wonder who did that cover. I wonder if it's someone we yeah, know. Yeah, maybe you can find out. It's it's beautiful. It's scary. Beautiful. Um, next up, Day of the Animals. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Leslie Nielsen is in this movie, Chuck. <laughs> really? <laughs> Wow. What's that one about? Girdler's superior follow-up to Grizzly, some truly fine sequences of horror with a jaw-dropping for performance by Leslie Nielsen. What it says, cool-ass cinema. So this is connected to Grizzly. Was was this director, did he have access to animals or something? Same director. He just, I think he just knew. His buddy had a William zoo. Girdler. He knew what buttered his bread. You probably had a friend like that guy. I don't know if that was in L.A. or what today. There's a tiger walking around the neighborhood. And uh, Today? Yeah. <laughs> I saw it on Twitter. It's like people, pictures, like there's just a tiger walking in the neighborhood street. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. There's a guy who owns a tiger. It's in his backyard. It's insanity. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm I'm a dummy when it comes to this guy. So, But I've heard Same. everyone talk about this. This is a... Four disc limited edition of Alejandro Hodorowski's Santa Sangra. Why is it so thick? <laughs> I mean, because this is like Dawn of the Dead level, right? It's just one movie, right? This is Dawn of the Dead level. There's a there's the feature audio commentary, uh, the restoration documentary, deleted scenes. Forget everything you have ever seen. The world of Santa Sangra. Feature length documentary, um, interviews, the language of editing documentary, 30th anniversary celebration at Morbido Festival in Mexico City. I mean, there's a Haldorowski interviews past, past and present. Sheesh. And, and number four is the original soundtrack disc number four. I mean, I don't even know if I'm prepared. Wow. But come I'm with, excited uh, too. So come with keys to Haldorowski's house. Go visit him. <laughs> Yeah, but then he would like uh, throw a bottle of wine at you and tell you to like get out of his yeah. house. Yeah, amazing string of expletives. But I'm looking and forward to your review because I will. That will probably base. Uh, I will base my decision on whether I'll finally watch that movie or not uh, based on your oh, review. Oh, nice, so, good, no pressure. Uh, for those folks out there listening, who may be wondering, I promise not to watch any of these before I watch. Um, the physical copy of 
possession that is being sent around our friends. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That is still sitting on my shelf because people are hot for me right now. Yeah, but we should target. tell tell the listeners that the uh, hosts over at 70 millimeter, they Slim bought this copy of Possession, which is this infamous, I guess it's a horror movie starring Sam Neill. I've never seen it either. It's been on my watch list for years, but uh, yeah. And it's like kind of hard to, to get, I think a little bit, but anyway, Slim bought this disc and he's been mailing it around. It's been, it's like, what do they call it? It's like the, the traveling pants, but the, the traveling possession Blu-ray. And, uh, and now you, now you got the hot potato and <laughs> it's like a taking time bomb. People are, it is, yeah. you know, they're mouthing your doorknob. <laughs> yes, they are. They are. They feel so powerless and angry with me, but like outwardly, you know, it's like, oh yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But really they're like, why can't you get your fat ass up and watch a, a DVD that we're all depending on you to watch? And I get it. Like, but you give me something to do, but don't give me a deadline. Oh, yeah. That's just, I mean, that's carte blanche to never do it. Oh, there's no deadline. Great. Cool. Yeah. Sorry guys. Uh, also, See you in five years. There's just one more thing, Chuck, real what? quick. Oh, yeah. Just one more. Th- <gasps> oh, God. Be still my heart. The dungeon of Andy Milligan. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. I I think we should maybe pick one for an episode uh, to do together. I think we should now. I think we definitely have to at yeah. this point. Um, I would love this is- to talk about Andy Milligan with you, so. For the uh, Bat and Spiderlings out there who listened to me buy this live on the podcast, (laughs) it is now in my possession. (laughs) So, you know, maybe next step. We have that power. Yeah, we can do what we want. Wow. Man, what a... How are we going to top this? uh, The the beginning of this this episode? (laughs) I don't know. Man. But I think it's... I don't know. We owe it to ourselves to try. We can try. <laughs> we can try. We owe, we, we do try. owe it to somebody. For this episode, we watched Patrick Reed Johnson's Spaced Invaders, a a a oft rented classic in Chuck's house. Yeah, yeah. Just to give you a little uh, rundown, in this movie came out in 1990, and it's about a group of dumb Martians. Uh, who are sort of uh, they're like uh, they're like uh, they're they're soldiers. They're they're not bloodthirsty, but they want to blow stuff up. They're in the middle of a war, and they accidentally crash land on Earth in a town called Big Bean, Illinois. I'm just not sure Big Bean is ready for aliens. Uh, on Halloween night, uh, which uh, makes things more interesting. And it's all about their journey on realizing they're not actually, uh, there's no war going on on Earth, and their uh, journey making some friends with the local children Mm. to uh, get off that planet and uh, back into space where they belong. Spaced Invaders, Dale. Is this our first, like, basically children's movie we've watched? I think. Yeah, there there are probably very few other movies that we could count as a child's movie. Yeah, how hard we tried. Yeah, this is it was rated PG. Like there was like there was not much offensive in this at all. Like it was pretty child safe. I think one of the Martians at one point, the father in me. Yes. 
One of the Martians said, life's a bitch. Oh, that's right. No, yeah, yeah. The Jack Nicholson Martian. Yeah. And I was I was like, eh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I should well, probably just get over it and let my kids experience some things, you know? Yeah, what was they that? Watched- in 1990, did they, I guess that, you know, maybe you could say that word once in a PG movie and it was okay back then. I mean, yeah, the Transformers said what- shit and damn, like only a couple years before this in the uh, Transformers movie. Oh, which was yeah. a big deal though i think they edited it out for the uh video release <laughs> wow i did not know that yeah right up front chuck let's do aside it aside from you push everything else aside to this movie i was obsessed with why this poor woman was on screen but had not one speaking part this this friend of <sighs> joe klemkin the mummy the nerd the mummy, mummy? I Why? agree, Dale. I was obsessed with her the whole time. Every time she was like in the background, I was like, she's clearly the most interesting person <laughs> on set. Let's give her some some speaking parts, yeah. guys. Yeah. Physically, she acted her ass off mm-hmm. with, with, you know, on because she was being told not to say a word, I guess. Yeah. I mean, she was probably checking her, you know, they when they would slip updates to the script under her trailer door every day, <laughs> she was probably diving for that thing, hoping. But it was always just a blank piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. No, you just re- no, but she had to report on set at 430 in the yeah. morning to get dressed up as a, as a mummy. Yeah. Here are your sides. And it's just blank. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. The, I was. This, the, this, li, li, this lady. It, yeah. Her, she her was. situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's weird when they have a part like that. Like, because it was kind of a prominent part and just like zero lines. Like, I mean, maybe they got cut. You know, she could have had lines. Who knows? That's why it was. Yeah, that's why it was so it was so off putting because it was so prominent. Every time the uh, the bad evil guy was on screen, so is she. Yeah. And it was just like, why? If if you're not going to give her anything to say. That guy who like, I didn't realize it. When he changed into his Halloween costume, I didn't realize that was the same guy <laughs> for most of the movie. <laughs> I was like, who is this guy? Like, why is he always here? Like, I didn't yeah. put it together that he was the insurance guy or whatever he was, the, the bank guy. Yeah, the bank guy, bank bank. But when he put, he was like, he was like kind of like his Halloween costume was kind of like a Hulk hogan type thing. But to me, he, for some reason, he looked like a... Mike Judge, to me, like the whole time, I was like, "Is that Mike Judge? Did he was he in Space Invaders before he drew Beavis and Butthead?" So the sheriff parks his car near the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. and goes to a soda machine, puts his little money in, and out pops. Ready for this, Chuck? Yeah, a glass soda bottle. Oh God! I mean, are we the are we the last generation to remember the glass soda bottle? God, I remember. I remember hanging out in the woods and seeing broken glass Mountain Dew bottles like in the woods from other kids, like older kids. Yeah, that's that's with not like, happening now. With like the half, it was almost like a styrofoam wrapper around the glass yeah. bottle. Like it was yes. foamy. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. If you folks out there would, I'm, we're not trying to uh, separate or exclude, <laughs> but... If you could just chime in with your relative age and if you remember the glass soda bottle. Yeah. The, and they were like, they were like kind of great. round. Like they, they had like the small ones and they were like almost like a, mm-hmm. almost like a sphere. 
sort of at the yeah, top. Was, yeah. Yeah. Sort of like a hand grenade shape with yeah. just, you know, uh, you know, came up. And they were probably only eight ounces at the time. Now they're, yeah. you know, standard 16 ounce. Yeah. 75 ouncers. Yeah. <laughs> 75 ounces. Right. <laughs> uh, they just, you know, they want to get that sugar water into you. <laughs> it's cheap. Uh, it costs them nothing to make. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, I mean, we could have stopped the movie right there. I would have been happy. <laughs> Just kidding. I didn't hate this movie. I, it's, I it, yeah. it's, it's, it's long though. I mean, this is like, like, I, I couldn't imagine a kid's, this is like, this is like war and peace, like lengths for the type of movie this is. Like, it was just too long. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Patrick Reed Johnson, but right. you, the producers should have put their foot down on, on this one. Made you cut it. Yeah, admittedly, you know, if Chuck and I are producing this mm-hmm. in the future, it's, we're, I mean, we have notes. <laughs> it, it was Got all notes. comprised of these Martians just rapid firing one-liners, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it just, it did get old. It got old. It got and, old almost immediately when they appeared on screen. I, I think Melissa was like, like we both had the same thought. I think she wrote in her review. She was like, it's it, everything was good about this movie except the Martians. And it was like, when they came on screen, it was like, like you were kind of waiting the whole movie. It's like, all right, here they are finally. And, but yeah. they were just immediately annoying. Like, yeah. Cause yeah. it's, it's like you said, it's the rapid fire. Like every line is a joke. And there's, there was like four or five of them. And, just like all talking at the same time. And I was just like, Oh God. And the only one, like there were two, like there was the pilot who was like, he was sort of the one you could kind of latch onto. He was the Jack Nicholson (laughs) voice for some reason. They were like, okay, this, this Martian's going to talk like Jack Nicholson. (laughs) Or as my, my, my brother put it, Christian Slater doing a Jack Nicholson impression. (laughs) Space army. I death ray my grandmother for a space army about now. And then Melissa pointed out that the one of the other Martians was doing a Cary Grant. And I was like, oh yeah, he totally is doing a Cary Grant. Oh, wow. It's so weird. Royal Dano, he was he was sort of one of our main characters. This old man old farmer who's he's gonna lose his land to like the local bank or land trust, whatever, because he can't make the payments. He's got no crops. He was great. He's got this floppy hair. He's got this amazing dog. I, I, this dog named Jim in this movie was just. I, I, I was like, I want that dog. He seemed like a Jim really was, good friend. Yeah, Jim was just greatest. He was just going along with this with with uh, this old guy, and they were just pals to the end. But totally. I loved, I loved their relationship. Um, loved it. You know, because really, for most of the movie, Royal Dano, that's all he was acting with. Yeah, yeah. It was just this dog. <laughs> He was just a screwy old man who, um, you know, everybody just accused him of being old. <laughs> Were you surprised to see Ariana Richards uh, playing the little girl in this from Jurassic Park? Welcome yeah. to Space Invaders. This is a this is a unique system. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> I was very surprised that pre Jurassic Park, she was in things. And I didn't even know she was the little girl in Tremors. Oh, on the was pogo she? Stick. Oh, shit. But according to her letterbox, that's her. Oh, and she's in uh, Angus. 
too, which is the yeah. other the director, same director of this. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They and that's there's right. a couple of those. They must have run in the same circles because um, there's a couple other actors who were in other uh, other mm. movies from the director as well. Um, yeah, she was like Guar Rhodey. <laughs> she oh, dressed that's... up as like Guar in this. It was badass as hell. <laughs> I loved it. The whole movie. She's wearing this this like cool like black alien costume but it like yeah it looks like a guard prop um, yeah and at first like they kind of they take their time a little bit explaining uh how she came in possession of it and i, I kind of wish they hadn't because it was just so weird that this little girl would have this <laughs> <I know. laughs> there was some family stuff in this that actually touched me like this the scene where uh ariana the little girl's eating pizza like her and her dad is the dad's a new sheriff of big bean and they just moved to town so they're new and but the scene of them like surrounded by their moving boxes and uh eating pizza like on the floor for some reason i was like man this is this is very sweet (laughs) and i was just like yeah this is nice you know and then you learn that her mom died recently and was like oh man and what i really liked was when she's sitting in the front steps of the lady's house who's going to take her trick-or-treating because her dad has to work and her little duck friend comes out he is the he's the nicest kid in the world just totally accepting of who she was and the fact that she was new there was not an ounce of ill intent i mean if anyone stole this movie it was that kid in the duck costume yeah, he was adorable. It played by J.J. Uh, Anderson. I wonder if he was in anything else. Oh, he's in the Casper movie. Not much oh. else. No, Casper, I mean, his role was student number two, so <laughs> I, I oh, guess geez. this was like his biggest role. Wow. That's that's crazy to me, because this kid had charisma. He did. Like, he had this cute lisp, and yeah, like, he just, like, oozed, like, compassion and the way he like like he took Kathy like not you know under his wing but he you know he he was like oh man your alien costume's so cool that's the coolest alien costume i've ever seen <laughs> i know he's and he was just like stick with basically stick with me i will show you around yeah. you're going to be my friend yeah. don't worry about fitting in or trying to make other friends cuz i i'll be your friend i loved how lucy goosey this whole trick or treating setup was cuz like i thought that was his mom that they were with but i, know. I don't know whose mom that was <laughs> but she was taking all these kids trick-or-treating uh, and a couple of martians who happened to show up on the front lawn threatening her with their space lasers <laughs> so oh. we should say like the whole conceit is that no one like anyone who sees these mar- these goofy ass martians they don't know they're martians because it's trick-or-treat night right dale so they're just in costumes <laughs> right they're just like mouthy kids yeah. Who piss this lady off <laughs> so bad. And I would too. I mean, if this were if this were a kid dressed up and he yeah. kept saying die earthling, I'm going to kill you now. Oh, so like, annoying. I would I would drop him. I don't care whose cousin you are, who you are. <laughs> I mean, she handled it with tact. Yeah. She shot, handled this child. She shot a rocket out of her her uh what was the car she was driving? She na- she specifically named the car. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, which I thought was a really great detail. It was Country Squire, I think it was called. <laughs> yes. My Country Squire. <laughs> yeah, that was great. 
but she dropped i mean she just, she's like all right it's time for you to get out yeah. they literally didn't even hit one house to trick or treat <laughs> and you know these martians what i thought uh. was what i thought was the wackiest part and so i remember vividly mm-hmm. i went to see this movie in the theaters but i vividly remember the trailer to this movie mm. more than the movie itself and that's Ooh. probably because in the trailer they put any and all of the best parts in this movie yeah. in the in the trailer and totally. what they didn't capture in the movie itself were you know there was never like they never became friends with these martians these martians were just yeah. like they never formed this friendship where they actually cared about getting them off of earth like they were somehow just along for the ride so their ship didn't blow up and kill the whole universe. Dale, you hit the nail on the effing head. Like, that is exactly the problem I had with this movie. Like, going into this, watching this as an adult, I was like, okay, yeah, there's going to be a point. Like, I kept waiting for it, for the Martians to all of a sudden become, you know, not all of a sudden, but through their actions and meeting these characters, especially the our cute little kids that they were going to become friends with these kids and like realize, Oh, they're here by mistake and we should probably, you know, not try and blow these people up. They're not involved in our war and uh, they'll band together to get off. But that never happens. They never make it. They just stay annoying the whole time. And they don't like the only one who kind of learns anything is the weird Jack Nicholson one. Um, Yeah. And you know, and like, he's the only one you can kind of like, you know, grasp onto as a character, but he's, he's still just, he's doing that voice and it just like never stops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. The, the yeah. Sh- <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think, you know, practical effects were amazing. Yeah. In this. Like those aliens were really well done, especially their facial expressions and stuff like that. They're weird, beautifully animated upper lip. Yeah, the the I'm glad you brought that up. I think the thing that I latched to on the most was just the filmmaking aspects of this as far as, you know, the the Martian costumes were awesome, but they used they used a lot of miniature work in this movie. They did. It, I loved it. Like I didn't see it as a kid, but now clearly I could tell like every time they showed that like lone highway with like the, the cars you know, driving somewhere. It was a miniature. It was a set that they built, like yeah. a tiny little set with a probably a remote control car going down it. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Was it. <laughs> awesome. Like those for them for the gall to just have a car on the road going down the road <laughs> yeah. was like, whoa. It was a s I mean it was s- several steps above like Logan's run and the, you know, <laughs> yeah. those f- tr- monorails in Logan's run, but you could still tell it was a miniature, but I don't you know, as a kid, you would have never noticed nah, anything like never that. Never would have was, entered my mind. Yeah. And and the when the farmers when it's like the Michael Myers four or two scene when they're like all in the back of their pickup trucks with their with the uh with their guns. Yeah. And they like corner the spaceship and <laughs> like half of the cornfield is like this terrible matte painting. Oh yeah, that shot that? was like, that shot I was like, holy shit crap they had like they had too many ideas and they were like they <laughs> yeah. someone screwed up because yeah there's that whole right side of the screen with the matte painting of 
corn that looks like they painted it in five minutes. I know. I like, know. no offense. Like, I'm sorry, whoever had to do that, but they didn't give you time. Right. They didn't give you the chance. They, You probably did it great for another set. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. not the lighting and the set that they were going for. The one shot, I mean, the, all the space stuff was pretty great. I mean, they had, you know, this is post-Star Wars, so they pretty much mastered that kind of thing, like this, you know, spaceships. How about the sp- spaceships in the beginning just look like cactus, cacti, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Which I, I thought that was interesting, but it had nothing, it didn't tie in with anything, so I was like, okay. Yeah, I wonder if they just took cacti, like fake plastic cacti, just spray painted them gray uh, or something. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like poked poke some pinholes in for the windows and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be it. Maybe. But the one, the one shot that blew me away that I thought could hold up to anything nowadays was when the ship like could only fly like a uh, you know like fifty feet and it would immediately <laughs> slam down to earth. All those <laughs> yeah. shots looked great. Like I really believed that it weighed like you know ten tons and it was like slamming into the earth every time. But and it lo- it just looked like it actually felt like it had heft. But it I think it was just a miniature on a on a little set. Mm-hmm. I. I don't know how they pulled that off a lot of those shots um yeah so yeah yeah i just like i loved watching i i think they were the the movie makers on this one were really into the the special effects (laughs) oh yeah definitely to a to a to a great degree they really sunk their talent into this which was fantastic i mean so many different aspects of special effects crew and and um, talents going into mm-hmm. this movie was you could see it all on the screen the theming around everything being at, around halloween was cool because it really felt like this little town only existed for themselves and for them to have these um like these traditions and values around halloween for their big uh um was it the spook luck dinner at the, oh, like, yeah, the town like, hall and yeah, stuff like yeah. that um, I really liked that theming, and it and it held up. I think I might try to show this to my kids. Um, maybe we'll yeah, see because yeah, yeah. they anything that's not like CGI, they'll throw out the window. But I would like to show this to my kids around Halloween, and it definitely had, um, like I I don't want to knock it and say it was definitely felt like a Disney Channel original Halloween movie. <laughs> yeah, but. It definitely has that it has a vibe to a good and bad degree at the same time because the cast is so small mm-hmm. that really the only two kids that are really on screen at all, even during this Halloween yeah. celebration where kids should be wandering the streets of Big Bean, it's just the two <laughs> it's just the two kids and there's more Martians than there are kids in this town, the population. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it's but it was a cool theme i thought throughout and i loved it and and the fact that they the world war of the worlds was so prevalent in this maybe oh, yeah, we'll go yeah. back and listen to world war of the worlds again yeah i yeah i for, we should talk about that because that was a kind of integral and it and it kind of didn't i was having trouble like with the logic of it but whatever it was it was like the t- big bean was doing a rebroadcast of orson wells famous war of the worlds you know thing where supposedly when they first aired it everyone panicked they actually thought aliens were invading earth um so when our aliens come they pick up that radio signal and they think there's a 
there's a war going on. They think it's part of their Martian invasion. So they're like, all right, we're going to land on this planet Earth and F some S up, you know. Uh, and it takes them way too long to figure it out. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. way too long. <laughs> before you go, before you go on, that brings me to my favorite gag of the mm-hmm. movie, which held up incredibly well, where these three old people on a porch oh. uh, talking, reminiscing about the first time they heard at the one guy believed it so much that he was he ended up wearing a bucket on his head. Yeah, out he of fear, good. and he he was <laughs> like joining the good, other good old boys and in militias looking for these aliens. Yeah, they were gonna go kill the tripods. Yeah, yeah, and and then the re, the Martian spaceship like flies past them, <laughs> and the old lady that's busting balls stands up and says, "I'll go get the buckets." <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. You, they're off screen by that time. What happened? The ship goes by, and somehow they drag the three old people off the porch you know it was like the air and they just get swept and it was it's hilarious to watch yeah and then off screen you hear the old lady i'll go get the bucket like yeah it's so (laughs) hilarious i'm so glad you remembered that because that is that was the genuinely the funniest moment that was i was like if there's more of this humor yeah i'm here for it it did it almost like you could make an argument that the, the all the Martian stuff was like a different movie. Like like the movie we watched last week, how that was like three different movies smushed together. Like there was an element to that in this. Like there was it was like a kid's family yeah. Halloween movie and then these like you know, bad mouthing Martians, you know, these rude <laughs> boys for whatever. Rude, yeah, the the rude boys of Yeah, Marsh, and they were just Marsh. like I don't know, it just it didn't they did the two didn't gel as much as i i wanted it's funny like i mean i I remember loving this movie as a kid i wonder if i found these martians hilarious as a kid uh i probably did (laughs) yeah and i realized it this came out the same year as the turtles so i bet you in my little kid brain i was like oh this is just another ninja turtles movie it's like for you know funny talking Mm -hmm. uh people in you know crazy jim henson uh puppetry gear (laughs) yeah and i was probably like yeah more give me more of that please i love Mm -hmm. the turtles let's do it with martians that's wonderful insight that you have because you had said that you're a repeat renter of this yeah so yeah you must have there must have been something about this movie at the time that just (sighs) charmed your little pants off yeah i mean i had yeah i had tapes like that that i would just get obsessed with and this was definitely one of them that would rent over and over again if you're looking for a film that features a cool alien doing a Jack Nicholson impression, then boy, do I have good news for you, <laughs> says Jim Connick. My favorite part was when they ghost busted the grain elevator. <laughs> that's my, oh, yeah. That's my friend Jay Whale. They're, they're shooting the grain elevator and then all this popcorn comes out. I was yeah. into that. Bittersweet to revisit this. You know, I definitely yeah. like, there's a lot of stuff I actually liked about it, but it, it I was like, I was looking at my watch because it, it's, it's long. The Martians got really annoying pretty quickly. <laughs> Meanwhile, elsewhere on the planet. The movie had heart in it. And, and there were, you know, especially with the kids stuff. I loved watching the, the two kids. That that duck kid was just, and plus him, he wore that duck mask like for, you know, 90% of his scenes. <laughs> and he just like yeah. acted his A off somehow. 
he acted his little tail feathers, tail feathers off in that because yes, he, he was he had to uh, you know he had to basically do what we all do now if we have to go out to a store and and yeah, shout exactly. for our mask yeah <laughs> um yeah yeah agree I'm 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 with you Chuck it's the elements man that was a good introspective that you said where the elements were from different movies like that one guy who was the gas station attendant who oh, yeah. Man, what was his... St- he he didn't do anything, but boy, they gave him some screen time. Yeah. Yeah, like that That was like... It seemed like a whole thread that they were like... Like, I thought there was gonna, you know... I mean, I guess he... Did he get with the, the mummy nerd girl at the end? I can't... I don't even remember if that happened. He was about to do something with her. Okay. We don't know. All right, yeah. Yeah, he was. But yeah, I mean... Maybe they cut. I mean, who knows? Maybe this was a five hour five hour movie deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe this was their best effort at yeah, cutting and down they, and making it some kind of sense. They had to make they had to make some tough choices. So <laughs> it's a shame. God, I, I wonder if but, there's a, a cut out there. <laughs> the five hour Space Invaders. <laughs> Mark my words. If it ever surfaces, we will do it uh, on uh, Bad I, Spider. I think it's only right. People listen to this show. Thank you, people. They listen, they send their comments, and they send them to batandspiderpod at gmail.com. Sometimes they send them with their voice to the official Bat and Spider hotline, 315-544-0966. We have one special one this week from a very special and uh, new father again. Second father to a second child, who's been on uh, Manternity. Yeah, we this we whole time. we gave him um, some uh, Manternity leave uh, from the show. So wow, mm-hmm. wow, this is uh, yeah. exciting. I had no idea. Yeah, this is exciting. So let's he let's see what he says. Hello, hope you have a lovely time discussing this movie. I didn't mention the dog in the VM, but how about that dog? <laughs> Bloody gorgeous. Yeah. Miss you both. Dark nose. Yeah, he knows. He knows. Jack, that dog. Jack, you old codger. <laughs> Hello, this is Dirk. Dirk, feel good calling in. Tell me, boys, do you like physical exercise? <laughs> Space Invaders, I watched it, didn't I? And from the moment that Touchstone logo appeared on screen, I had a Pavlovian pleasure response. And when the first words you see are uh, uh, atomic, Imperial Atomic Space Navy, Battle Group <laughs> 7, Martian Territorial Frontier, well, I've earned the money already and I'm sitting put for the full film. And then this girl from Jurassic Park turns up and she were in Tremors. Is there a more famous person in the world than this girl? <laughs> in Tremors, Jurassic Park, and now this. In the middle years now, she's probably sat at home eating crackers with toasted sesame seeds on and just dipping it in Thomas and being all nostalgic about this period in her life. And who can blame her? Yeah. I enjoyed this film. Yes, I did. It was a bit long, weren't it? Probably could have been about 20 minutes shorter and had a lot of stuff mm-hmm. going on. But a very, very enjoyable. But can we talk... Can we talk about the performance of the deputy sheriff in this movie? <laughs> Ronald or Roland, one of those, that was his name. Well, I hope there was a serious case review or some kind of audit into his performance because, oh my goodness, he pulled a gun, he pulled a gun on somebody just because they were speeding and then threatened them with the chair. 
Following on from that, he pulled a gun again on a small boy dressed like a duck, dressed like a duck, <laughs> simply because he was in the middle of the road. Oh, my goodness. I bet that played as hysterical in the 90s. Plays quite differently now, doesn't it? But apart from that, very good. I liked it, Chuck. Keep these coming. Thanks, Dale. Thanks, Chuck. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Wow. Hey, Dirk. That was amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dirk, obviously Dirk doesn't live in this country, so a cop pulling someone over and pulling their gun on him may sound strange to him, but unfortunately, <laughs> it's not strange. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I forgot it. We didn't talk about the, uh, the deputy who was obsessed with giving the aliens their, uh, their speeding ticket for going 3000 miles and uh, 55 or whatever it was. <laughs> And had yeah, his, that, like, half his face was, like, sunburnt from the uh, <laughs> the exhaust of the uh, ship. <laughs> the blast. I chuckled at some of his lines, uh, I think maybe the most in the movie overall. He had some good ones, but maybe it's, it was comic delivery that I liked. But, yeah, him pulling a gun on a, a duck kid, man, that was, I didn't even pick up on that. I'm submit, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't even whack. think I noticed it. Um. That actually reminds me of something I thought of that I wanted to talk about. There is an air, there's this shares. I'm glad Dirk brought up the beginning of this movie because there's there's a lot of like stuff in space. We see like the Imperial command of the Martians or whatever, like in their their leadership, executive ship or whatever, talking about mm-hmm. the war. Um, and it reminded me. It gave me. There's stuff in this. There's connective tissues to Mars Attacks, which is a movie that I love, and it almost feels like there was a Mar like, you know, I mean, Mars attacks was just a tops card set. Like there wasn't much story to it. <laughs> so I don't know how much like, you know, wow. whoever wrote space invaders, maybe they were inspired by Mars attacks a little bit, but there was like not much to be inspired by. So, but there, it seemed like there was some connected, you know, about, you know, cause the aliens have the same, like they were just bloodthirsty, <laughs> like cute yeah. little, aliens you know and it's sort of the same idea as mars attacks which you know i love that movie i watched it last year and it's still i still fucking it's great it's got jack nicholson in it too you know yeah i have a jack nicholson in your mars attacks movie it's the rules i probably i mean that movie was all on all the time on the pay-per-view when there was the uh the scrambler in the house so i watched that a lot fast and furious when it was out and i haven't seen it since then i mean i remember it got it got slammed by the critics dale the critics got roasted yeah it got roasted but i went into that theater and i i laughed for i mean talk about a long movie that movie i feel like it's like three hours (laughs) Mm. (laughs) maybe like two and a half dirk is back he's back you counted you 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 fools counted him out but (laughs) you can't he came back. Yeah. He's not you he's s- not gone. You silly gooses. Come on. Uh, now I have to pick a movie. Mm. I can't wait. Good grief. Do we just go with Andy Milligan here since we're both in Yeah, if you want to. Now? If you're into um, it. I know Anna Gould, they recommend Guru the Mad Monk. Oh yeah, because that, that was on um that's on it's Prime. Like, 
so people can watch that. Oh, oh yeah, that's right, because that's the one that's most viewable by, by yeah. fo- most folks. Yeah, I'm surprised Seeds, <laughs> does this have this in, oh yeah, Letterbox sorts his movies in popularity, and Seeds is number one. I was, I mean, I loved that movie. I was surprised, like, I thought that was going to really? be one of the more ex- obscure ones. I mean, these are all <laughs> very obscure, but. I kind of want to watch Seeds. Let's do it. Let's do Seeds. I really enjoyed Seeds a lot. Uh, yeah. It's insane. An, ang- an angry alcoholic matriarch tyrannizes her spoiled grown-up children during an unwanted family get-together where someone begins <laughs> killing them off one by one. <laughs> Chuck's laughing because that's only a quarter of it. I'm sure it's. I don't know how. I don't know how to describe this to you. So I'm. I'm. Yes. I'm very excited for us to to do an Annie Milligan. My God, we're doing it. 1968, Dale. 1968. Let's do it. Andy Milligan, um, the first in the box set. Severn Films. You can order it. You can get maybe the disc individually on Amazon. Oh, you can get it for ten bucks on DVD. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome put out a, uh, I think a two pack that might have it on there. Yeah, the ghastly ones ago. and seeds of sin. Let's wrap this up, Dale. Uh, let's <laughs> wrap it up. <laughs> what if I did that to you the whole time? <laughs> just like I still got to do the show, Chuck. I got to. I can't just not do it. I can't just wrap it up every second. <laughs> All right, Chuck, that's it then. All right. That's it. Until next week. I love you, Dale. I love you, Chuck. And I love our listeners. Thank you, guys. Thanks, people. theme song was created by toby forsman of whipsong music find out more at whipsongmusic.com